0: Well, welcome to night one, service two, 1A of Dangerous <laughs> Prayers. Um, I hope that you guys are, did you guys enjoy Sunday service with my dad? Yeah. Wasn't that so good? Anybody get shot with the Nerf gun? Anybody get hit with the Nerf <laughs> ball? No? They didn't come back. They were confiscated. They are. So if you found them or they're under your chairs, please kindly return them so that we can shoot each other with them at my house. Um, so we've been talking about, uh, and my dad, uh, kicked off the time talking about, um, the prayer that we would pray of Lord change me. Um, and I loved his perspective. You know that when you ever have that, when you go into a message thinking that you know what the person is going to preach or how they're going to preach it and they go a totally different direction and it just wows you. Oh man, I was wowed on Sunday. I got to tell you. Uh, so he really began to talk to us about this understanding about, hearing the voice of the Lord and the necessity to hear his voice so that we know the direction that he would have us to go in our life. He made the very powerful statement that said that God is always speaking, but it's our responsibility to hear what God is saying, to know where he wants us to go, that God isn't going to barge into our life. He's not going to force himself upon us. He doesn't, he's not the master with the puppet strings that no matter what we want to do, he forces us to go where he, no, God has given us the ability to choose the life that we want to live. But when we're asking God to change us, to mold us, to make us into the people that he would so desire us to be and that we would so desire to be so that we could live the fullness of the life he's given to us, it's so valuable to not just pick up your own plans or your own ideas, but to understand where God is asking us to go so that we can actually get to the place, become the people that He has destined us to be. Amen? Amen. So tonight we're going to talk about hearing the voice of God. Um, You know, hearing the voice of God, if you ever start a church one day, which I don't know if I recommend or not recommend, (laughs) but should you ever start church one day, should you ever hear the voice of the Lord tell you to start a church, uh, I'll tell you something, if you want to get a lot of people to come teach a series on how to hear the voice of the Lord. Because I tell you something, even though New Testament believers know that the success to living with God is to understand and have a confidence in our ability to hear his voice. So many Christians struggle as to whether or not what they're hearing or what they're feeling is actually the voice of God. Right? I don't know about you, but I can remember being there more often than not, having those moments of coming to big decisions and feeling like I hear the voice of the Lord, but not confident enough to do anything, but also confident enough to keep asking. And, and I tell you, the greatest success that I, have, that I have seen in the maturing of my relationship with God isn't necessarily the gifts or the things or the preaching or the stuff the greatest advancement I've seen in my relationship with God is my confidence in my ability to hear what God is saying. That that is the promise of the New Testament is that we don't have to hear God through a channel like the Old Testament, where in the Old Testament, the only people who could hear God were the prophets. And so we saw one man standing in front of nations telling them the will of God for their lives. But how many of you know, thank you, God, for Jesus, right? That he paved a way for us, that we could have that own personal relationship with God ourselves, and that we could hear what we're going to talk about tonight, that still small voice on the inside of us, leading us and guiding us into all truth. Because life is full of twists and turns, like life is full of big decisions and small decisions. Life is full of big changes and small changes. That it's a constant adjusting and a constant adjustment to all of major life's major changes. But it's also a constant battle for so many of us in our everyday lives. in the simplicity of just making it from the moment that we wake up to the moment that we go to sleep. And I've realized something, especially in the world that we live in today. There is no shortage of people who would love to tell you what they think that you should do, Right? Anybody have a friend like that? A parent like that? A coworker like that? Right? We all have people in our lives. You could go to Google and ask Google. I recently have got uh, an Amazon home thing. And so I regularly ask Alexa what I should do or eat for dinner tonight. There's not a shortage of opinions <laughs> about what we could do with our life books, television, social media, coworkers at our office. But I've realized something, is that really the counsel that we're looking for in our life? Is that really the people that we're looking for to help us navigate through life's changes? Because I've realized that if we entertain too many voices in our pursuit of finding God's plan for our life, oftentimes all the voices lead us to confusion rather than clarity that everybody has their opinions, everybody has their ideas and their ideals, but it's the voice of God that each of us are looking for. And often when we have so many voices, so many ideas in our head, it makes it more difficult for us to be confident in the voice that we're actually looking for, which is the voice of God. And here's the deal. God is speaking all the time, I learned this reality years ago that so often we feel as though, and, and, and I think that fasting is an amazing tool in order to put down our flesh and, and strengthen our spirit to be able to be more in tune with what the, God is saying rather than what our physical bodies want to hear. But I can remember years ago, I thought that there was some magic formula to hearing the voice of God, that if I could just fast long enough, if I could just read enough scriptures, if I could just pray long enough, then that would somehow cause God's muteness for his mouth to be open and that he would finally desire that I was good enough in order for God to speak to me. But I've since come to realize this, especially in life with my daughter, is that, like me, always talking to her and coaching her and leading her and do this and don't do that and turn here and go there and eat this and don't eat that and wait a minute and stop... I realize that God is constantly speaking to us all the time. The Bible tells us that we are his children and it's his delight to lead us in the path of righteousness. So it's not that God isn't speaking. It's not, can I debunk maybe some old religious ideas? There's nothing that you have to do in order to earn God's desire to speak to you about the situations you're going through in your life. Just like if you have a child or you have a pet, you do whatever you could possibly do. I can remember with my dog, R.I.P., can't wait to see you again, Bella. But I can remember, I would do whatever I needed to do to lead her to water, you know. She'd be panting, and I'd be like, Bella, come on. And you'd be like dragging her along the floor, right, so that we could like lead her. Then you're like shoving her face in the bowl so that she could get the water, Right? And the Bible tells us that if that's the way that we are as human beings, how much more loving, how much more does God want to speak to us if I would ridiculously drag my dog to a wall? It was a dog. How much more does God not want to speak to us all the time in every situation? So it's not that we're trying to get God to speak to us. It's that we're trying to tune into the words that he's already speaking. And so I'm going to talk about four ways, four checks that we can do, if we could say it like that, to test and put ourselves in the right place to confidently know that we can hear the Lord. Number one, you've got to focus your receiver. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. It, 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 I mean, this is kind of a silly question, but have you ever tried to watch television without turning the TV on? You ever tried to listen to the radio without the radio on? Anybody ever, right? Of course not. Nobody would ever do that. Why? Because we already know that if we don't turn on the receiver, if I don't push the power button on the television, there would be no reason why anything would come out of the television. But when I do turn them on, I have a confident expectation that when I flick that power button, the TV is going to turn on and I'm going to be able to watch whatever it is that I would like to watch. So... If we understand that about a television, about a radio, how do we check if our spiritual receiver has been turned on? And there's one way to know this. I've thought about it deeply. There's one way to answer this question Do you expect to hear from God? Now, that may seem like a very simple question, especially to ask a room full of spiritual giants. But oftentimes when I have conversations with people and I talk to them about hearing the voice of God, it's very often that you can tell right off the bat that well, with their mouth they are saying, they're waiting to hear from God, that there is no expectation whatsoever that they're actually going to hear the plan of God for their life. I hear people say all the time, well, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I guess I just don't hear from God, you know? Or I get people say this to me all the time. Like, Alex, can you just pray for me and tell me what God is saying to me, right? And I'll save you the hassle. My answer will always be no. Because here's an important truth that we have to understand is that even if we don't feel like God speaks to us, he does. In fact, God right now is speaking to you. The question is, do we have an expectation that God is actually going to speak and we're going to hear the words that he speaks to us? Because let's be very clear with this. Is I love that my dad made this point on Sunday, and I feel like it's such a valuable point to understand about God God's plan, God's will for our life is that God is not going to yell and scream. He's not going to kick down the doors. He's not going to put you in a headlock and force you to listen to what he has to say and stay there until you hear everything. Okay, that's not what's going to happen. But the scripture tells us really in the contrary, you remember the story of Elijah That there's the storm and there's the fire and there's the thing and he's seeking for God in the noise and and the triumphant expectation. But then it says there's a time that goes by and he says there's a still, small voice. You see, God isn't going to force us to listen. I used to think that God would only bless his plans, that God would only stand behind his ideas. But I've since come to realize that God is interested in blessing us. The problem is is that our plans are only going to take us so far. God will bless you to the maximum capacity that your plan can go. The problem is is that your plan is typically only 1% as awesome as God's plan is. You could tweet that. So it's understanding that God isn't going to yell and scream at us. He's not going to force us to go in his direction. That it's understanding that I have to tune in my receiver. I have to honestly expect and put myself in a place to hear that still small voice in order to hear it. In fact, the scripture tells it like this. It calls it the inward witness. That the New Testament talks a lot about this, and we're talking about hearing the voice of God. You could become confused because the New Testament doesn't always talk about hearing the voice of God like it did in the Old Testament, but it would say that they, were, they, they, they felt an inward or they heard an inward witness. There was a knowing that was on the inside of them that this was what they were supposed to do. So what is an inward witness? Because that's really the question is, if I want to hear it, I need to know what it is. Because you see, God doesn't communicate with us in the same way that we communicate with each other, right? Like my dad and I went to the gym today and in our drive there, if you can't tell, I guess you can't tell, that's cool. Uh, But we were having this great conversation where whether or not my dad wanted to hear from me, he was forced, right? Right? I put him in the car, lock the doors, and force him for the 15 minutes as we go to the gym and the 15 minutes to go home. He's forced to listen to what I have. That's not the way that God communicates with us. In fact, most often, I mean, I have heard accounts of some people hearing the audible voice of God. But the majority of people don't hear the voice of God that way. The majority of people hear God through his communication with our spirit. The Bible says that it's a spirit to spirit, right? As deep calls to deep. There's a connection that his spirit makes with our spirit. And when God speaks to us, he's not speaking to us in our head. He's speaking to us in our spirit. And then our spirit, which is connected to our soul, which is our brain, we all of a sudden hear it. You ever have that? I feel like women have it way more often than men. Some people talk about like my niece, Olivia, and they're like, oh, she just walks in and she knows things. And I'm like, what does she know? (laughs) They're They're like, there's like, there's something in this room. And I'm like, there's something in this room, right? But how many of you know you felt that? You've known, I don't know why I don't feel at peace. In fact, when we're talking about uh, a 9-11, I can remember accounts of Christian people during 9-11, and they gave an account that for some reason they woke up in the morning. God didn't sound the alarm. He didn't make them, didn't do anything crazy. Like they just woke up and they felt like, I don't know why, but I just don't feel peace about going to work today. Or you hear other accounts of people. You could look back at people like John G. Lake, who, if you know his story, sold all of his earthly possessions because he felt as though God was asking him to go to take his family to Africa. And he wasn't really going off of anything other than, I don't know, I just felt that this was what God was asking me to do. And if you know the story of his life, he went from miracle to miracle to miracle. And so it's about understanding that a lot of the time when we're looking to hear the voice of God, it's not in this crazy revelation that God just drops on us and our mind is blown. That happens to my dad. It doesn't necessarily happen to all of us. But oftentimes it's similar to a thought. It's just, uh, you ever have that a spontaneous thought that just like pops in your head and you're like, where did that thought come from? Sometimes it's a prompting, an intuition that we feel that, I don't know why, but I just feel like I'm supposed to go this way. I just feel like I'm supposed to do this. I just feel like I'm just supposed to go there. I, I don't know why. I'm just feeling like I'm not supposed to go in this direction, that there's something wrong with this, with this relationship, with this thing, with this car, with this whatever. That it's subtle and it requires practice in order for us to hear that voice more clearly. Number two. You have to find his frequency. John 10, 4 t- says that we know his voice. There was once a time, I can remember this. I don't know why. I think it was one of my grandparents had a TV. And so if you're younger than me, you definitely don't know. If you're older than me, you probably definitely know. Uh, when you used to have to like dial the TV or the radio, you know, nowadays you just like push a button and it's like, oh, it found it. But back in the, yeah, right, Alexa, please play, right? <laughs> oh gosh, we got it too easy. But back in the old days, older days, back in the old days, used to have to like, there was a dial. Does everybody remember that? I can remember that I used to have like a Sony boombox box in my house and I would secretly try to listen to secular music. And so you're trying to like dial in perfectly, like KISS 98.5 if you live in this area, right? <laughs> If Danielle was here, she'd listen to 93.7 WBLK, (laughs) okay, but y'all remember what that was like? You're trying to dial it in, because how many of you know there's one point, one tiny little frequency when you're going to get it clear? Other than that, you're like scrolling through static and all the garbage, okay? So what is it? We had, you had to, in those days, you'd have to find the frequency. Because how many of you know the music is playing? In fact, there's music playing right now. What's the name? Nicholas Pickles and Janet. What are the, those people from on 985 <laughs> Janet Snyder and Nicholas Pickles. They're probably talking right now. It's, it's, no, FM radio. Anyways, they're talking right now. The music is playing right now. How many of you know if we had a receiver here, we could pick up the sound waves, the frequency that's being broadcasted at this very moment. All we'd simply have to do is tune into the frequency to hear what those people are saying. So the question is, how do we locate God's frequency? How do we locate the frequency that it uses to speak to us? I found that oftentimes we can miss his frequency because we feel as though that we're tuned in to hear some huge revelation. That we can find ourselves feeling that if God is going to speak to us about something, it's going to be this crazy huge thing that's just going to be so amazing and wonderful. When in fact, most often of what God is speaking to us about is simple, small instructions for our everyday lives. You know, we're out here waiting for God to part the Red Sea. But oftentimes we miss what God is speaking to us right now. Right? We're waiting for God to tell us the combination to Lotto 649. And God's over here saying, hey man, maybe you should make your bed. Maybe you should spend more time with your kids. Hey, you know, maybe you should stop stealing the staples from the stapler at your work. He'll talk to us about small things in our life that need to change because he understands that it's the small adjustments that we make. It was like my dad with the gun. It's the small adjustments that we make as we walk away from and walk closer into the will of God. As we make these small adjustments, what God is doing is he's adjusting. We don't see it right now. I don't understand why making my bed has anything to do with the promise that God is trying to get me. But oftentimes what God is doing is he's moving us just ever so slightly to the exact trajectory and degree that's necessary to get us where we need to get. He understands something is that it's oftentimes these small repetitive habits in our life Not the big crazy things that are stopping us from getting to our destinies. It's the small stuff, the ankle biters, that beat us down day after day. And so what God is doing is he's instructing us in our everyday life how to deal with the things that are keeping us back from what God is asking us. to do. that's why Matthew 18 tells us to become like little children. That we find God's frequency. We'll find that often what he's speaking to us about are the small things. Number three, you've got to figure out his voice. John ten twenty seven says it like this, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. I can remember, I'm going to hand out a prayer card at the end. It's a dangerous prayer if you would. That we would pray to hear the voice of God, to know the voice of God. But I can remember when I was at Honor Academy when I was 18 years old, this was probably the biggest pursuit when I was there. I had some big life decisions to make, and I was so desperate to hear the voice of God. And at that point in my life, I hadn't necessarily been walking with God to the degree that I should have been, and so I was very easily confused as to what was God and what wasn't God. And I can remember I was talking to my mom, actually, because my mom I knew that my mom could hear from God. And so I said, Mom, like, please, I just need your help. I need you to help me to understand. And, you know, I'm, I'm ready for her to, like, give me the tip. Give me the, this is the thing. Oh, you just got to do this. And he's going to, ah. And she said, no, no, it's simple. If when you wake up in the morning, before you go to bed at night, I want you just to say this simple prayer. I'm your sheep, and I know your voice. And then I was like, okay, and, you know, are you going to send me the magic pill in the mail, or is, how does that work? But that was it. I would say that in the morning. I I eventually would say it constantly throughout my day. Why? Because I had to build my expectation. I had to realize that I was born to know the voice of God. That life can confuse me. That it can get frustrating and it can beat me down and I can have all the voices. But at the end of the day, I'm his sheep. And I was born... To know his voice, I think about it like this: Is that uh, it, when I first started dating Danielle and we talked on the phone, it was it would have been silly for me to call Danielle on the phone and say, "Hey, it's me," right? Because she'd be like, "Who's me?" right? Because we had never talked on the phone before. We really didn't talk at all up until the point that we dated, Even though we knew each other for like 15 years, it was very strange. Um. But now, Danielle, I could call Danielle and I could sneeze. And she'd be like, oh, hey, honey. <laughs> right? Because she knows me. She gets me. She, even the smallest nuance of what I could say, my breathing. And she would know. There would be a familiarity. I don't have to tell her who it is. I don't have to call her and say, hello, Danielle. It's your husband, Alex. Alex. No, she knows my voice. But how? How does she know my voice? One simple reason we talk a lot. The same thing is true in our relationship with God. Oftentimes, people ask me, How do you hear the voice of God? Maybe I'll have prayed over them or I'll have given them a prophetic word, and people often will come to me after and say, That was so accurate. How do you hear the voice of God? My response to them is so unbelievably simple. You just practice. Because if God is always speaking, I'm just practicing what it feels like to hear his voice, to know what he's saying, to differentiate between all the different thoughts and voices in my head. I want to know his voice. This is what it means to be in relationship with God is that we would spend time with him talking to him and then practicing what it feels like to have him talk back to us. I can remember I went through a time in my relationship with the Lord where there was a a period of time where I was was the talker in my relationship with God. I had a prayer card. It was the Our Father prayer card. Some of you will be familiar with that. And I would do a lot of talking. And I would pray for this and I would go through the whole Our Father and I would get it done, and I would put my stamp on it, and I was done, and see you later, Jesus. I'm out for the day, right? And then I can remember going through a season where I would pray the Our Father, and it would be like, oh, there's just, it was that inward witness. I was like, this is just not the same. And I remember just going to the Lord very simply and asking Him, and He invited me into a season in my prayer life with God where instead of doing the talking, I was simply instructed to do the listening, that I had become so confident in my ability to talk, but I lacked confidence in my ability to hear. Oftentimes people miss the relational side of of their relationship with God because they forget that it's a two-way street. It is, yes, there are things that I have to say to God, but when I say something, I'm not just like throwing words out into the ethers, you know? just like spitting things out there for the positive vibes and energies to be aligning. That's not what I'm doing. I'm speaking because I'm looking for him to respond and I need to then give him time to respond. And number four, I'm done with this. You have to follow his word, okay? Number one, you had to focus your receiver. Number two, you gotta find his frequency. Number three, you gotta figure out his voice. And number four, you have to follow his word. Second Timothy 3.16 says this, that all scripture is inspired by God. Can I tell you something? One sure way to know if you're hearing the voice of God is to ask yourself, does what I just heard line up with the Bible? Okay. I can't tell you the crazy things People have came to me and told them that God said it was okay for me to do this. Some of the things are like, dude, like what is wrong with you? Like this was obviously not God. And it would have been so simple. And that's oftentimes what I'll do because I'm a rather non-confrontational individual. So I would never tell you that you did not hear from God. But I will strongly encourage you to go find a scripture to back up, you know, just find something in the Bible that will back up what you feel like God has just said to you. Because if you ever have a thought and you don't know whether or not that thought was God, you can look in the Bible and it will settle that idea right away. Can I tell you, it's never a bad idea to follow what the Bible says to do whether it makes sense, it doesn't make sense, whether you're sure or unsure as to whether or not you're hearing from God, you could do what the Bible says and it's as good as if God audibly showed up in your bedroom and spoke to you the secrets of heaven. That would be exactly the same as following what the Word tells us to do. Why? Because every change the Scripture invites us into is designed to bring us blessing, right? That God will never tell us to refuse to forgive someone. God will never tell us to steal money in order to pay our bills. Okay? You'd be surprised, right? God will never tell you to shoot your neighbor. Even if they're like doing weird things in the afternoon when your daughter is trying to sleep. Still! Still! God will never speak anything to us that doesn't match up with his word. And the truth is, is that God oftentimes will use his word to train us how to hear the voice of God. That we can read the word and use that as an indication, as a guideline or a marker to help us navigate through things. The other thing that the word of God does is it keeps me safe from half-truths, right? Right? You ever notice that, that oftentimes the enemy would love to do that? That he'll like sneak a lie in and he'll just make it sound super religious, you know? Like, oh, my son, my dearly beloved son, I love you, but I just can't help you this time. (laughs) Right? I love you so much, but you're not good enough in order for me to heal you. It was surprising how often we hear those things, but I could very simply take that truth to the Word. And I look in the Word, and I'll see that 1 Peter 2.24 tells me that by His stripes, I was healed. So I no longer have to consult. I'm not trying to figure out, is this God's will? Does, does He maybe not want to heal me? No, no, no. The Word of God has already settled that for me and told me that by His stripes, I was healed. Can I tell you, when we learn how to hear the voice of God, Jeremiah 33 says it like this, call to me and I will answer you. He goes on to say that he'll show us, he'll not just keep us safe. He'll not just keep us away from falling into the ditches of life. But the Bible says, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you secret things. Does Anybody here want to know some secret things? You got some questions that you're looking for answers to? Can I tell you something? Hearing the voice of God is the way we navigate through the challenges of life. So I'm going to ask, I got a couple people in the back. We're going to hand out some of these prayer cards, this, this prayer card. Can I have one? Yeah, we can say it together, I guess. Why not? We can practice. Thank you. Yeah, maybe I'll pray this over you. So this is a prayer. Can I tell you often, this is the truth of what Jesus or the angel or whoever it was that appeared to Joshua told him to meditate on the word day and night. Why? Because we have to become convinced that what the Bible tells us is more true than the experiences that we've had in our life. So close your eyes. I'm done. Take a deep breath. Can I say this over you? This week, each and every one of you are going to hear the voice of God more clearly than you've, ever ha- than you've ever heard him before in your life. Let me pray this over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you desire to speak to each and every person in this room every day. To guide them in spirit and in truth, to obey your word and enjoy an abundant life. I thank you that you have called them your friend and that they may come boldly to the throne of grace to find help whenever they need it in their life. Father, your word says that when we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. So we choose this evening as an act of our will to draw near to you. We seek your face, your truth, your word for our lives. We want to know you hear you and obey you more your word says that your sheep know your voice and that we will not follow the voice of the stranger father we ask that you'd help us to know your voice and not be deceived by any other voices to guard us to guard our hearts against any of the influences of this world and the people that are around us that would try to lead us or influence us to go in directions that are contrary Mm -hmm. to the way that you would have us to go. Help us not be deceived by the enemy or his lies, but to view all of our thoughts and decisions through the lens of righteousness. Lord, as we seek you today to hear your instructions, your corrections, your guidance, help to confirm your voice through your word. You said that if we ask for wisdom, you'll give it to us liberally. So we're asking for wisdom in the name of Jesus to hear you clearly and consistently today and every day for the rest of our lives. Help us to feel confident in knowing that we hear your voice. We praise you and thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray your life was impacted by the service and that you were able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about Him but have been far from Him. We want to give you the opportunity to make His love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross so that you and I could be close to Him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. So if you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and have been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Lord and Savior. Help me believe in you and love you every day. Help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward, in Jesus' name, Amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you just made to have Jesus as the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey, but most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we'd love to send you uh, with some easy steps on how to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.